now entering Hello and welcome back to the Horror Sanctum Podcast. I'm Jay with John and TJ. And today we're joined by Katie Lanigan and Bradley Fowler, the writing duo behind the upcoming horror comedy, Slaughter House. Uh, thank you guys for taking some time with us and welcome to the Sanctum. Thank yeah. you so much. We're so happy uh, to, to be on with you guys today. Awesome. So uh, most of you out there have probably seen pictures or seen the trailer of the upcoming film Slaughter House. Uh, but just in case you haven't, the basic plot is a homicidal sloth is wreaking havoc on a sorority. And I mean, if that sentence alone, that should pique your interest. Absolutely. What's not to love with a slother house, right? Uh, <laughs> a self-aware, a, a film unlike any film I've, I've seen. And we all uh, were uh, gracious enough to uh, be given the opportunity to see it in the last 24 hours. And I can just say, man, is exactly what I wanted it to be. It's fun. It's it's maybe the only real good mishmash of a creature feature that follows the rules of a slasher. I don't know really of another creature feature that that really mashes up as a slasher uh, and is accessible. You can take the whole family because it's PG-13. So and it's coming out next week and Man, I, I just the the concept. Uh, there's there's very few films where the title sells it, right? But the the title of this one sells it 100. percent And I'm just real curious. How did you two? You said you've you've known each other since you were 18. How, tell us how you two got together and come up with this story. Many moons. <laughs> Me and Bradley have known each other many moons ago. Um, yeah. So kind of just how the origin started. Um, well, I'll say how I got involved. And Brad, you can talk about kind of the evolution of of the creation of you know, Slother House, but Brad, I uh, mean, have been friends a long time and we were getting coffee before I moved back to Chicago. Um, and we'd, we'd worked on stuff previous together. So we always like pitch each other stuff and have fun with stuff. And, uh, he literally pitched me the title and I looked at him and I was like, I'm in like, I'm a hundred percent in. Um, so that was how sort of, I got pulled into this amazing journey and here we are. And, you know, Brad, you can kind of get into the details of, of how you kind of came up with that title. Yeah, it, it's honestly, it's crazy. It's it, it, it started just as dumb as it sounds. Um, so <laughs> uh, an old friend of mine, and I, I don't mean by the amount of time I've known him, it, I mean his age. Um, uh, he's one of my best friends, Bob. He, he's uh, in his 70s. He invited me co to come down to Florida and we were sitting on the couch having a Foster's and he literally challenged me. He said, well, what's the dumbest idea you can come up with? Um and literally within three minutes, not only was the concept born, but the title was born. And that was like goosebumps moment. I was like, that's the title. And then when I met with Katie, uh, like literally like a few weeks later, I think I had the first draft of it or something, but I met with her. You know, we were both sort of a little bit annoyed with Hollywood. Um, Katie had just gotten done. She's produced a lot of stuff and she produced some some really sort of dark real life murder and kidnapping like uh, um, reality shows so you know she went through a lot of dark stuff and you know I was a little bit frustrated with Hollywood so we met together like she said at the coffee shop and um, we just agreed we wanted to do something stupid and fun um, and then we'll get into the sort of how it changed depending on the questions yeah that is true we might be able to go there we'll see yeah yeah I believe 
Bradley, you, you kind of alluded to me that it was a seven-year process to, to bring it from idea to the screen. Is that right? I'm going to jump in again, yes, uh, because I need to compliment my partner. It would not have been uh, had it have just been me. Um, I had, a, a like I said, a draft of the script that was basically the terrifier meets what you saw. Um, so it was hyper-violent, um, which is fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, but my partner, Katie, is much more like business oriented. And she was like, well, you know, who's into slots? Yes, we'll, you know, horror fans like silly nonsense and they also like uber violence. So, you know, who who else is into this? Well, you know, slots uh, and, and let's get that wider audience. So she she really sort of dove into the data of all that stuff and sort of challenged me on on sort of the tone and if we could make this for for everybody as opposed to a smaller uh, niche. Yeah, and I think how me and Brad really wanted to go about this, it was definitely a slow cook, um, but you know, good things take time. And we were very methodical and analytical about how we positioned this or wanted to. Um, we, you know, we wanted to create a horror modern a new modern horror icon right so it's like to to really develop that character and really uh take time to really build sort of what the whole movie is about which is really alpha right this cute sloth and we want to be able to play with her not just in this movie but but in a lot of different ways and we see her playing in a lot of different worlds and maybe getting more nefarious or you know more uh violent as you know we see her kind of um, grow through uh, lots of opportunities that me and Brad have envisioned for really this world that we've created that started with Slaughterhouse. So, you know, th those things take time. But what I will say about Brad, um, which has been so great, is like as a writer, he really listens. It's really hard. Like writers, it's not easy to take notes creatively. And I think a lot of people's first inclinations are like, no, no, like I want to do it this way. And me and Brad definitely had those conversations arguments oh yeah i i would totally was like no absolutely not this is stupid stop talking yeah. but, <laughs> but um, the information I'm changes also, mind <laughs> but i'm also pretty stubborn and no he we we listen to each other right and so that's how the best ideas always come about creatively is by really taking in sort of these different perspectives and ideas and figuring out how do we make this really amazing character come to life Absolutely. And it sounds like you have uh, a lens towards building a world and, and a franchise is what I'm hearing. If if this performs like I think we're expecting it to perform, I'm here in franchise. Am I correct? That's that's the plan. The plan was, you know, I, I absolutely love I mean, I grew up in the 80s. So like those are my icons, like those are the characters like I wanted a Freddy Krueger action figure to play against my gi joes like that's that's the way my mind worked and i you look at chucky and like chucky's fantastic but you know would chucky have blown up if it wasn't for the popularity at the time of cabbage patch kids i don't know maybe um and so we were sort of trying to create something that's you know got that same sort of tapping into the guy zeitgeist and yeah. um you know we both knew slots were popular but it wasn't until you know katie pushed to really find out just how popular with data that we were like, holy crap, it's they're incredibly popular. Um, and so we we think we've got an opportunity if people like the character enough that we can, you know, maybe have like a modern day Chucky for like a younger, you know, a younger demographic that's like into something a little bit different. 
Yeah. And I think people love things that are familiar to them, but in a new way, right? Like with Brad reference, you know, Chucky and Cabbage Patch, right? It's like slots are really familiar to people and people love them, but there's never been an iconic character that's really been situated or put in a place where people can put a name to what they love. So that's really what Alpha is going to do. She's going to put a name and be a character of someone that, you know, they can really connect to and attach with and play with in a lot of different worlds outside of just the first movie. Right. So, um, and I think also too, what people love is, I mean, me and Brad come from just comedic backgrounds. He's a, uh, you know, was a stand-up comic for years. I like to think I'm funny sometimes, but I have a really fun family and, you know, a lot of Irish cousins and relatives and we're just big jokers. Um, and I think what people love is the juxtaposition of, uh, which is classic in, in comedy, which is the irony, right? So you have something that's slow and cute and, you know, you never would think, but when you reposition in a way that's not slow, but fast and not cute, but villainous. You get these really cool character dimensions that people just, I hopefully will fall in love with. Um, so yeah. I really, um, I really love the movie. I thought it was such a great mix of the comedy and horror. I love that you got, there was puppets used. It wasn't CGI. That was the first thing that struck me was this film under the wrong filmmakers wouldn't have worked, but I could just tell everyone involved with this movie just got it. They understood what was happening, what was needed. Um, I just wondered with inspirations with Alpha, when you first see Alpha, I love the music. Like I love the little instrumental, like kind of karate kid type style music. Did you ever feel inspiration from Gremlins? Because <laughs> there's something about Alpha that it's almost like if you took Gizmo but made Gizmo more like Stripe in Gremlins. Like I don't know if that's what you're going for. Or can I just say you slam dunked it? Like that's I mean we are literally our comparables are mean oh, wow. mean girls. It's Happy Death Day with with a Gremlins antagonist. And I mean that's really fine. quite quite frankly, like I've got a um like a Gizmo stuffed animal that I've had since 1984. Um, my parents bought me, so it's like massively an influence. Um, there's some other Easter eggs when you watch it again, um, nodding to that. But, you know, that plus Katie, Katie has a, um, an affinity towards puppets. Um, and I think it's a family affair. So. Yeah, it's so true. My uncle also, he's really big into practical effects. And I had the great opportunity to work on um, Fanorama, which is a Futurama fan film uh, kind of spinoff. And that was my first experience working with puppets. And I fell in love with it. I think it brings out the inner kid in you. And it's so amazing to be able to bring in, you have like five people. We had uh, five puppeteers in total. The puppet itself is a combination of rod puppetry and animatronics. Um, so we had, uh, you know, four rods. Well, actually, the puppet itself has five pick points. So it has five rods that you can attach at one time if needed. And so we had typically like, you know, three to four performers on the puppet and two puppeteers also doing the RC controls. So what's so amazing is to just see it come to life through these other performers and it it really becomes magic on set. It's not it's magic for the actors, but even for our crew to be able to work with it and see these little moments of people interacting with the puppet and with the puppeteers and like Matthew Goodhue, our director, who's incredible and super talented said, you know, people learning how to do their art with the puppet, whether it be lighting or whether it be, you know, everybody was engaging in a different way. And that just brings some sort of like cinematic um, 
specialness to it that just you can't get with CGI or any sort of things like that. I I totally agree. I mean, puppets, it's just like the 80s, what you were all saying. It's You can't beat that, right? Um, I wondered when you're writing this script, because it's kind of a it's kind of a very good line between horror and comedy. I mean, this is like a really great. I mean, it's it's definitely comedy, right? But you're having fun with it. The absurdity of things happening in the movie, you just it's like you roll with it. It's a lot of fun. When you're writing this, do you as it's going from um, you know the paper to the screen and you're film and they're filming it? How much did that evolve and change the story and how you envisioned it? Or was it always exactly how you envisioned it all the way through? I mean, go ahead, Brad, jump in. I'll just say real quick, um, it's a living, breathing thing. Like it's changed so much. Um, And the the first version and even, even filming it till now has been just, it's taken on a life of its own, but Brad, jump in. Yeah. I mean, personally, it's just, um, I've never seen a movie of mine that was written um, just because while you're writing it, it, you, you cast everything. You, you cast the the room that it's in, you cast the chairs that it's in, you cast every little thing. Um, So it, it, like Katie said, it's evolved. Um, You know, every little thing it's, it's all within the same wheelhouse. It still feels like the same story. Um, but it's never going to be the exact way it is in your head, which is also the fun part of this stuff. You know, it's like, like I've talked about it a million times. You know, I think the horror movies that most horror fans fall in love with, it's not just the movie. It's, it's, it's a character in a world that they love so much that when the movie's over, they go home and they play with it in their heads, Mm -hmm. which is why all of us have like star Wars toys and like, you know, why we have our own little things. Cause really when the movie's over, we're 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 messing around with it you know and i think we're that's what we try to do with this and i i I, totally well said brad and just to jump in on that too i think what's the magic of really cinema or just like production in general is like for as much things that went right a lot of things went wrong like there were tons of challenges on set and there were tons of things that just went absolutely not (laughs) in the least um And I think that is actually with constraints comes creativity. So I think a lot of those constraints, problems, and things that didn't go as we envisioned initially uh, turned out to be the, some of the things we totally fell in love with. So that's filmmaking. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. And it, it really does. I, I totally agree. I've worked in minor films before and it does change. It's kind of a living, breathing thing, as you were both saying, um, as far as the sloth itself, Alpha, this might sound like a silly question, but how much did you study real sloths? Like, did you kind of go down the rabbit hole of like, how do these animals act? What are their their mannerisms? Like, how deep did that go? Um, I know in the build phase we did, I don't, I think we did an initial facts rundown and when we were writing it, like if like slots poop once a week, you know, like all the sort of basic fact finding. And then when we started to get into the build phase, our team actually went out and did a sloth visit and really examined like, what does the fur look like? What would that be to touch? You know, how do they move? How is the body constructed? Um, And they really did a great job. Creature Effects, um, our production house did a great job at really being able to replicate a a real sloth. One of the reasons we chose Creature Effects 
because there was a lot of production houses we could have went with is because they do such a great job at creating realistic animals. Um, and so we wanted Alpha to remain as true looking to a sloth as we could with also at the same time being tasked with the challenge of adding some characteristics to her that really make her special, right? She's not just any sloth. She doesn't look like every sloth. She's got her own unique type of hair that kind of bows out. She has her own type of, you know, claws that look a little bit adjusted. So finding a happy medium between the two is what we tried tried to do. Brad, if you want to add on that too. Yeah. Well, and also when we talk about the comedy like how the comedy works uh, uh, comedy a lot of times especially when you're doing ab absurdity you got to play it straight and that that goes for the puppet too we katie and i were adamant that if we were the only way we were going to do a puppet is if we could make it as close to a realistic puppet or a realistic sloth as we could um because that's where the comedy is if you walked in and you immediately were like oh, oh yeah okay that's a muppet um, Katie's gonna kill me for that using the different term but if you walk in you're like it's clearly um a, you know an exaggerated version of the thing then the comedy all of a sudden doesn't work because you can't really dive into the the fantasy of it which is where like cgi can make it look like a real sloth but at the end of the day you know it's not real yeah. so it's like That's we wanted to marry that you know well, and John, if I can add in too, because one of the things me and Brad didn't investigate at all, which we were blown away by, uh, is what a sloth sounds like. We had no <laughs> idea. We were like, what does a sloth sound like? They even make noises. Um, and when we found uh, a voice artist, his name is Rudy Rock. He's absolutely, I mean, he's like the Michael Jordan of of, of voice work. Uh, we found him, he lives and exists currently in Finland, but has spent some time living in Los Angeles as well and, and does work all over the world. He presented us when we tasked him with this challenge with all of the sounds that sloths really sound like, and then created a voice that is not just sounding like a realistic sloth, but also with an inner monologue and character expressions and all sorts of stuff. And me and Brad, we're we were blown away. I'm still blown away, but yeah. so you're saying you, you didn't go ahead. No, I just saying he, he added layers of, of scary sounds along with the real sloth too. It's insane. So, so you're saying you didn't do the Daniel day Lewis going and living with the sloths for six months in the jungle. We, we did. If the story sounds better. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll just say that's, that's what happened. Right. Uh, I didn't lose nearly enough weight to, to claim that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think it is an interesting thing. You know, it is an 80s subgenre, the sorority house, you know, house on sorority row, the sorority house massacres, all, all those mm -hmm. films that 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 are in, especially in the 80s. It's kind of a throwback mm -hmm. to the 80s. They usually have a very feminist take. And I, I think it is interesting that not only is pretty much the whole cast except for one boyfriend is is all female cast but you make what what would be the obvious choice is to make the well obviously the sloth is a uh, a male because all serial killer murderers are males right in, in reality but uh, t tell us why you chose to make it a female sloth that was all mark david our other producer uh brad do you remember why he was uh no it literally it went something like this he's like He's, he's got a vapor. He's like, bro, bro, bro. I'm going to make you guys a few million dollars right now. The sloth's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. And we were like, 
oh wait there really hasn't been many slasher females so like we weren't trying to make some big statement it was just like mark came up with this idea kind of like the idea of the the name of the thing and we we all started thinking about it. we're like yeah that's kind of fun you know it's, well, it's, I think, it's I think it, it does add an element that's really cool and and is different and kind of um you know talks about like yeah just like a, a fun addition to it yeah awesome and so i'm just curious in in the world that you're creating and, and whatever might be to come after this film do you feel like this film is saying that all sloths are really fast murderous creatures or just specifically this one alpha sloth has a little something going on with her <laughs> i don't know if i want to answer that do you okay <laughs> i mean alpha let's, let's, let's be honest alpha alpha is a very um but we also want to leave that up to people to argue about it on reddit i think yeah um but but ultimately we definitely feel like this character has a chance of you know being like a modern chucky so she's she's pretty unique i think maybe there's a world in which you guys will hear a little bit of how alpha came to be in future future times as well Hmm. that's funny because uh, we have the power we have uh, one more co-host who couldn't get off work in time to get here, but he has one question because his wife is afraid of sloths, which is just hilarious to me. <laughs> I might make her watch it with you when you watch it. I don't know if she did or not, but she's he's like, if you have time, ask, do they think sloths are secretly fast? So TJ took care of that for me. Um, so we'll wrap things up. I have a, a one one major thing is I'm I'm here for a franchise. I love the movie. I'm I'm a, anything made in the 80s, I'll watch it. And this has that feel to it. Uh, if you want to make a universe of it, you have to make at least five so you can call it Slaughter House Five or yes. the Sloth's Crusade of Fury Dance with Death. It has to be done. If you make two, you have to commit to five. I'm calling I, it today. We've heard that from so many people and um, we love the idea. And uh, the really fun thing too is like once people get on board with this thing, everybody comes up with a different version that they want. <laughs> yeah. Slaughterhouse Five is like definitely like we get slammed with that one. That one's like because you have to. Yeah. But like everybody wants to, it's like we talked about earlier. It's like everybody wants to go in the sandbox. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to do a different like take on this same because it is horror. Yes, we do got a killer. Yes, but it's absurd. And we though we, we used, I think, you know the the appropriate story structure we didn't take it too seriously we made it fun that's the point of it so care about it too the point is that people are laughing with us not at us right like we just want people to have a good time like brad Brad says like play in the sandbox you know have fun with it create worlds from our world in your world right like that's that's what gives us joy as filmmakers is to see people start to like really catch on to that stuff yeah, understandable. And like, like I said, we all watched it. Uh, and whenever we do movie reviews, we always do a rating at the end. And our overall rating was a four out of five for this one. Like we all thoroughly enjoyed it and, and can't wait to watch it again. Uh, it is coming to some theaters. I think it was uh, Regal, Hollywood 27, uh, Indian Lake and in Hendersonville, Opry Mills, which is I can almost touch it from where I live. 
uh, Green Hills and uh, AMC Thoroughbred in Franklin. Are there any other theaters that they can catch it at? Comes out August 30th, right? There, if you're talking about the Tennessee audience, yeah, um, on slotherhouseticketing.com or Fandango, you'll be able to find them. I believe there's five um, theaters in Nashville. There's also one in Clarksville, uh, which is where I'm currently living. <clears throat> so, uh, um, yeah, it's 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 available and it's all over the country. Five. 485 theaters as it currently stands and it's in every single state including alaska that that's a great release for for this kind of film for first week opening week that that's amazing guys awesome for you guys all right well that's gonna be a wrap on this episode um be sure to follow us on youtube subscribe subscribe to wherever you listen to this podcast follow us on instagram go follow slother house on instagram as well and go find a local theater go watch it august 30th um candy and bradley thank you guys so much for joining us it was a lot of fun we enjoyed the movie uh and um we just want to tell everybody about it which is what we will be doing thank you guys so much and be very careful if you see a slot (laughs) always i I, I will probably try to pick it up but i'll still be careful now um (laughs) all right so uh, i'm jay with john tj katie and bradley and until next time keep it spooky